so what happens is we have to rely on some sort of intuitive framework when we make decisions. So I like to call that intuitive framework our environmental folklore. Okay, it's either the little voice at the back of your head uh, or it's that gut feeling you get when you've done the right thing. So when you've picked the paper bag or when you've bought a fuel-efficient car, and environmental folklore is a really important thing because we're trying to do the right thing. But how do we know if we're actually reducing the net environmental impacts that our actions as individuals and as professionals and as a society are actually having on the natural environment? The butterfly effect, defined as the phenomenon whereby a minute localized change in a complex system can have large effects elsewhere, it's been a premise ripe for horror and sci-fi material in Hollywood movies and other fiction. But the butterfly effect doesn't have to be nefarious. In this episode, you'll hear the concept applied to sustainability, in that everything we do and how we source, construct, and consume materials has an effect on something else in these chains of activity. And when we learn how to wield this power for good, we just might save the planet. Welcome to the Diamond Disruptor Podcast. The people that haven't heard about lab-grown diamonds or really don't know what they are, are, are really stuck in an old mindset. And, and you know what? This is one of those product categories where monthly the yes. numbers are changing. Laboratory-grown diamond or a created diamond is uh, chemically, physically, optically, atomically the same as the diamond mined from the earth. Hello, and welcome back to the Diamond Disruptor Podcast. I'm your host, Clark Watts. Welcome to part two of our three-part series, Sustainable Fashion, What You Need to Know. When we last left you a few months back, the UK, US, and other countries were in cautious states of reopen, if that's what to call it, from the ravages of COVID-19. Even three months ago, it seems crazy to think about what we must have been thinking about back then, considering where we are now. Two vaccines have been authorized and recommended to prevent COVID-19, Pfizer and Moderna's vaccines, and the rollouts have begun, but they've been slow, particularly in the U.S. As of mid-January 2021, the U.S. is largely no better off in terms of lockdowns. I'm in L.A., and here's another Los Angeles update for you. There's nothing going on here. Outside dining has once again been shut down, and forget about indoor dining. So what does it all mean for retail? The same it means for everything else. We're stuck shopping at home for now. And though our lifestyles and habits may feel more regimented than ever, we still have agency to change the world for the better, whether it's through how we are manufacturing, if you're a small business owner listening to this, or as a consumer, doing proper research into the companies we're buying online from. Because for all of us, everything we do has an effect on something else for the planet. So I'm Vanina. Um, I am the host of a podcast called The Ecopreneur Show, so eco-entrepreneur. Um, I bring on different entrepreneurs in all, all different levels of sustainability onto the show and interview them. Um, and we usually talk about how they built the business and a lot about uh, usually sometimes there are specific subjects. So lately, because of the Black Lives Matter movement, we've been talking a lot about uh, climate justice and how to integrate that into people's businesses. Um, so it does vary 
For this episode, I wanted to hear from people in the world of sustainability and products, people who, as opposed to brand leaders, take on roles as influencers in different capacities. Vanina Howen is a great resource because she didn't begin her interest in ecopreneurship with her show. She's been practicing a low-waste lifestyle for years, conscious in every aspect of her life of how her actions on Earth are affecting the planet, both as a consumer and as a product designer. And that clip you heard at the top of today's show? That's Layla Ajaralu, spelled A-C-A-R-O-G-L-U. These clips of her you will hear throughout the show are from a popular TED Talk she gave a few years back. You can find it on YouTube. She's a world-renowned product designer and speaker on novel ways for business leaders to implement sustainability into their practices. Throughout the show, we'll learn more about Layla and a program she founded to teach environmentally responsible practices to business people called The Unschool. Vanina Howen, who I spoke to on Zoom, is a graduate of The Unschool. You can find her podcast, The Ecopreneur Show, on all the streaming platforms. Just like Layla, Vanina began her career in sustainability promotion and influence as a product designer. I was really into sustainable fashion design. It's kind of been kind of my core for since I started the program. And when I graduated from college, I was very fortunate. Um, somebody had seen my collection, actually, um, and wanted to buy it, um, buy the entire collection and have me be the sole designer for his store. It was definitely the, uh, the fashion designer's dream. This is the way that I put it. So we created a collection together. We had a mentorship. And it was an amazing opportunity, but it wasn't mine. Ah, the plot thickens already. You might be wondering, as I was too, why pass up what sounds to be such a rewarding endeavor? Well, Vanina decided to go back to her roots, if you'll pardon the pun. You have no idea how hard I'm working writing this not to use words like roots, plant, paper, for fear they'll come off in a punny way. So Vanina decided to re-explore her foundation as a sustainability advocate. I left that position not really knowing what to do. And I had picked up a book called Designing Your Life. Essentially what it means is seeing your life as a design. It's kind of understanding that your life can go in all sorts of different directions, but which is the one that makes the most sense for you? Through her research into designing the life she wanted to live, Vanina came to the realization she wanted to host her own show, a show where, through interviewing business leaders implementing sustainable practices, she would learn more herself. And in turn, they would inform the public on the importance of supporting environmentally responsible business practices. But Vanina's lifelong mission to be an influencer in this sector started even earlier, through lessons she learned as a former action-oriented activist, and through her invaluable education in Layla Ajaralu's program, The Unschool. More on all of that in just a moment. Many of us in this time of lingering lockdown remain stuck working from home. For some, that's been a dream come true. For me, uh, not so much. I get a lot more done having a place to go. If you're like me, having a safe, socially distanced office space to, say, produce this podcast, it's really invaluable. I make this show at Phase 2, that's T-W-O, in Los Angeles, California. If you're in the area and you're looking for a private office or just a community desk space to work on whatever it is you do, in a facility that's taking all the right precautions during a pandemic, I can't recommend Phase 2 enough. Check out their site, phase2space.com. 
That's phase, T-W-O, and the word space.com. And follow them on Instagram, at phase2space. So imagine, you're in the supermarket, you're buying some groceries, and you get given the option for a plastic or a paper shopping bag. Which one do you choose if you want to do the right thing by the environment? Most people do pick the paper. Uh, okay, let's think of why. It's brown to start with, therefore it must be good for the environment. It's biodegradable, it's reusable in some cases, it's recyclable. So when people are looking at the plastic bag, it's likely they're thinking of something like this, which we all know is absolutely terrible and we should be avoiding at all expenses these kinds of environmental damages. But people are often not thinking of something like this, which is the other end of the spectrum. When we produce materials, we need to extract them from the environment and we need to a whole bunch of environmental impacts. You see, what happens is when we need to make complex choices, us humans like really simple solutions, and so we often ask for simple solutions. And I work in design, uh, I advise designers and, and innovators around sustainability, and everyone always says to me, oh, Leila, I just want the eco-materials. And I say, well, that's very complex, and we'll have to spend four hours talking about what exactly an eco-material means, because everything at some point comes from nature. And it's how you use the material that dictates the environmental impact. That's Layla Ajarlu again from the TED Talk on YouTube. You should look it up. It's really great. Once again, her last name is spelled A-C-A-R-O-G-L-U. Layla is a key figure in the sustainability movement. Vanina and millions more around the world have learned a lot from her courses and speaking engagements. She's an award-winning designer, a UNEP champion of the earth, sociologist, and entrepreneur. She is the founder of The Unschool, and as her bio states, gives presentations around the world on activating positive social change through creative interventions and systems thinking. It was through Layla's program, The Unschool, in San Francisco, that Vanina learned systems for positive impact that maximize social, economic, and environmental sustainability. Do I have this right? The uns Unschool is a program that teaches business hopefuls how to successfully implement sustainability in their industries. I'm really curious to hear about the program and your experience with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so the program, which is what I took, is the Unschool Fellowship. It was a seven-day intensive in San Francisco, which I was very lucky that it was in my hometown at the time. And so what it is ex uh, essentially is not exactly... Uh, implementing sustainability into your business, but it's more kind of understanding that everything is interconnected. You know, our world, every little thing that we do we, is connected to one another, even if we don't feel like it. And if we're living in a, in a metropolitan city, um, everything has its sort of butterfly effect. And it's helping you understand where are you placed in that system. You know, let's say you're, you work at, let's say, um, a lotion company or something. And you, you know, feel like you don't have agency or you feel like, you know, there's, you know, what can I do? But maybe you, that company is a, you know, sells, you know, 
millions of lotion products every day. And so let's say you work in the fragrance section of it too. It helps you understand, the program helps you understand like, you know, there's actually so many things that you could do within that sector. You know, let's say you decide what does fragrance mean? You know, maybe you actually add something that is not as um, as synthetic, you know, something that is made from uh, a local farm that you can help support. You can advocate for that no matter what industry that you're in. So the Unschool kind of helps you understand that you have agency and that you have in some ways power to make positive shifts in whatever industry that you want to be in. So it's kind of, it is about sustainability, but because Layla has majored in, um, has a PhD in sociology, it's also a lot about how, uh, how we behave as humans and how we interact with one another. There it is, that term, butterfly effect. Lark and Barry is well aware that everything we do in manufacturing has its impact on the world around us. It's why, of course, we use cultured diamonds and stones, the more sustainable gems for luxury jewelry on the planet. The very same stones that are still being mined even today for use in jewelry. But the difference, of course, is that cultured diamonds and stones are made with science. Science, which is far more environmentally responsible in its implementation to create our stones than all the processes used to mine for stones. And cultured are the only stones that are 100% guaranteed conflict-free. This butterfly effect. Through all of Layla's teachings I've heard while researching this podcast and from talking to Vanina, one of her disciples, it's just so integral to keep in mind it's why Lark and Barry is working now, as you listen to this, on finalizing our new line of jewelry boxes set to release soon, which are made purely from recycled materials. And we can't wait to get those boxes out there through our shipping method, powered by EcoCart. The full environmental impact of getting your favorite Lark and Barry products to your door is completely neutralized using EcoCart's environmentally responsible methods. But is that all enough? Sure, we feel using only culture diamonds and stones and eco-friendly shipping is great, but no, we don't think it's enough, which is why we're always researching the best ways to produce and ship our merchandise for the planet. And we're always excited to hear that other companies are taking steps to do the same. And another thing I learned from listening to some of Layla's teachings, it's not always as simple when you're a manufacturer as just using green-friendly products. And we'll touch on this with Vanina as well in a moment. Things also fall on us, the consumer, as well. It's how we use products, or maybe even how we shouldn't, that play just as big a role in environmental impact as how those products are or aren't designed. Like, just listen to this clip from Layla's TED Talk. Don't forget, she's a product designer as well. And here she's using the creation of a sustainability-friendly electric teapot as an example. And I mean, if I were to work with a design firm or a designer and they were designing one of these and they wanted to do it eco, they'd usually say, they'd ask me two things. They'd say, Layla, how do I make it technically efficient? Because obviously energy is a problem with this product. Or how do I make it green materials? How do I, how do I make the materials green in the manufacturing? Well, I'd say, you know, you're looking at the wrong problems because the problem is with use. It's with how people use the product. 65% of Brits admit to overfilling their kettle when they only need one cup of tea. All of this extra water that's being boiled requires energy. 
And it's been calculated that in one day of extra energy use from boiling kettles is enough to light all of the streetlights in England for a night. Back to Layla's student, Vanina. I think one of the most enlightening aspects of our conversation was just how Vanina got to where she is now as sustainability advocate on the host of her podcast, The Ecopreneur Show. She's located in Portland, a mecca for progressive ideas about sustainability and other like-minded causes. And I wanted to know some of her impressions of messaging coming out of the type of protests that were happening in her backyard, so to speak, back in the summer. Messaging of the type I think I mentioned in the last episode where I talked with LA Relax Claire Hoppy. Interestingly to me, the protesters had other messaging that emerged besides the primary importance of eradicating unjust police violence. There were things like attack on fast fashion and factory farming. So what does a sustainability advocate like Vanina make of this sort of in-your-face messaging? Do you already perceive a shift that you hope to maybe see or, or expect when we sort of come out of all this craziness where do you think people are going to kind of snap out of it in a new way, in a mainstream way and be more receptive to sustainable practices? Yeah. So that's a really good question. So I am somebody that believes that change happens through positivity and not fear. Um, I think that fear-based action causes for temporary fixes, in my opinion. Um, and especially as somebody who has been in the uh, environmental world since, I don't know, I was in middle school. And I've tried both. I've tried the first, uh, I'd like to say, so when I was younger, I was a pretty big food activist. I had a uh, I had a crush as on a boy when I was in middle school, as any you know middle schooler does. And um, the boy at the time, actually his father was Michael Pollan, who is a very big food ap- activist. And I didn't know this at the time, but to get you know brownie points, I decided to go to one of his talks, and I learned a lot about the uh, meat industry. You know, I learned about how you know corn shouldn't be really fed to cows, but it's something that is very common that we feed because we mass produce it. And the scary things that happen in the in the food industry and agriculture. And so when I was young, um, I decided that I was going to be a very uh, rambunctious middle schooler and went home, stormed in, went to my parents and said, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to stop eating that meat. You know, we're going to eat grass fed. You know, why are you doing this? All we're doing is organic. And of course, my parents being the loving parents that they were, you know, huffed and puffed and said, okay, you know, like, we'll make it work. And, you know, of course, like they, they wanted me to eat. So parents being good parents decided that, you know, they were going to help me out. However, I, you know, had emailed different farms and said, you know, what you're doing is a horrible thing. You shouldn't do this as, you know, an eighth grader and say, you know, you shouldn't feed. Did you know that cows shouldn't be fed corn and those sort of things? And then they blocked me from the site. And um, long story short, we did make that transition for, I'd say, you know, like a couple months, but it didn't, it didn't last long, I would say, you know, then uh, the fear kind of went away and then we went back to just our normal habits. I've taught myself that I've never, I'm never going to try to change somebody. It's not, it's not the way that I work. I'm never going to force someone to say, you need to change, you need to do this. The best thing that you can do is lead by example. 
so for me um by doing that i've actually seen so many people and all the people around me make these little shifts you know they say oh i saw you do this and um i made the choice i i made the choice to not buy something in plastic today or when i was shopping somewhere i actually thought more about um can you recommend me the um some good stores that you recommend and i feel like seeing that has made me realize that the best way that we can influence people is through positivity and always leading by example. A fear-based approach is a short-term approach. Yeah, and Larkin Berry are uh, my my company, you know, we all are great our, company. All, yeah, yeah, oh thanks. Yeah, all our diamonds yeah. and stones are cultured and lab grown and, and we have three fragrances and and they're all cruel, cruelty free. And that and that was a no-brainer for us because, you know, our our whole mission statement is to have everything be as environmentally responsible as possible, but you know, just just using fragrances as an example, I mean, it seems like it should be as simple, right, as just make your fragrances cruelty-free and, and organic. What is the hesitation, do you think, for a company to not do that? Is it always just about cost and, and yep. manufacturing? Or, I mean, it, it just seems so simple on paper, right? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, in my opinion, um, tackling anything on environmentalism and, of course, um, climate change can be incredibly daunting. Um, I think that sometimes people can feel overwhelmed, like what can I do as you know a company or um, as a business to be able to do it? And actually you can do a lot. Yes, you can be cruelty free, but you know there's also other aspects of it too. You could also be, uh, can get really, really overwhelming. As somebody who majored in design, I can understand that there's so many different components and decisions to make. Um, so I always say everything is going to have an effect positive or negative. Being able to understand for you as the business or as a individual, what are your core values? What is most important? And have it be a tier. Because the thing is, you can't, we, we don't live in a perfect society. I mean, as somebody who was in fashion design, everybody used to always ask me, what is the you know, golden material? What's the right one? And the thing is, I said, it depends on your values. It depends on what's important to you. Because every material is going to have pros and cons to it. And that's just what it kind of sums down to. And so understanding you as a company, what is, what is the best decision that aligns with your core values? That becomes your compass. It becomes your North Star and helps you decide what direction you go in. Because yeah, there's going to be pros and cons to everything, you know, and, but it's also important to take action than no action at all. Better to take some action than no action at all. I like that. It's part of the butterfly effect, right? A lot of action, some action, no action. All of this should be considered by manufacturers of goods and by consumers like you and I. Because everything we are doing and how we're doing it or not doing it is having an effect on the planet. The way I see it, you're taking a great step in listening to podcasts like this one and Vanina's and learning, and presumably knowing about Larkin Berry in the first place, who is always striving to create jewelry the best way for Earth. Don't be afraid to ask questions, take classes, listen to podcasts, read books, and again, do research on who you're buying from. We're living in a time where there's never been more companies trying to do right for the world and how they create than right now. Before we leave, I want to give a special thanks to Vanina Howen for doing the show. You can find The Ecopreneur Show on all the streaming platforms. Also, thanks to the TED Talks program and, of course, Layla Ajarlu. You can find out more about the Unschool program at unschools.co. 
I also want to thank the Feedspot.com blog, who placed the Diamond Disruptor podcast recently as number eight on its top 10 diamonds industry podcast. You can find the blog at blog.feedspot.com. Larkin Berry wants everyone to learn more about cultured diamonds, the more environmentally responsible option in diamonds. We want everyone to know you have a choice now in buying luxury jewelry and that there is only one choice that's truly sustainable for the future, and that's cultured jewelry. Subscribe to The Diamond Disruptor on your chosen platform for podcasts and please rate and review us. Go to LarkinBerry.com to see the brand's jewelry and follow LarkinBerry on social media at LarkinBerry.com.